Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams, and you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets Podcast. So, today, I am unfortunately on here by myself, <laughs> and... I know that we came up with the schedule last episode, but something came up. We had to modify the schedule a little bit, so I might as well just explain it to y'all now. Um, so how it's going to work is every Monday, me and Hunter are going to record together. So every Tuesday, you're going to get an episode with both of us, me and Hunter. And then on Thursdays, one only one of us is going to record, so I'm recording this Thursday, Hunter's going to record next Thursday, I'll do the Thursday after that, and then so on and so forth. So every Friday, you'll get just an episode with one of us. Um, yeah, if you hear me sniffling, I have a cold, so I'm so sorry that you have to listen to that. Um, so yeah, every Monday, me and Hunter record, every Thursday, one of us records in a, a rotating fashion. So every Friday, you get an episode with one of us, every Tuesday, you get an episode with both of us. You're hearing this on Friday, so you have me. Um, yeah, I decided to take the first Friday because I really wanted to talk about everything that's been happening with the Nets. So here we go. Before we get into everything, make sure you subscribe to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, Google Play Store. You can find us on every single platform that you listen to podcasts on. And make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. All reviews do get read on the podcast, and we appreciate them so much. They only take, like, maybe a minute, two minutes tops to leave one, and they do so much for our podcast, so we would really appreciate it if you could just leave one, drop one for us. This podcast, like all our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. You can check out their website at hawaiianisles.com, on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, or on Twitter at High Kona Coffee. That's Kona with a K, so H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. We would very much appreciate it if you did check them out and let them know that the Hoop Ball Nets podcast sent you. And uh, yeah, let's get into things. Uh so we can start. Actually, no, I want to start with a little a little note to Nets fans. So before I get into everything, I have there has been a lot of negativity surrounding the Nets. 
after one because their seven game losing streak you pair that with Kyrie's impromptu weird press conference about his cortisone shots and might having to get surgery and you've gotten yourself a little recipe for disaster so I've been seeing a lot of negativity surrounding the Nets and from media outlets from fans on Twitter Instagram anywhere you can find something about the Nets there's probably a lot of negativity and most of it is revolving around you know the Nets don't know how to take care of superstar players they're not used to this the Nets front office is being exposed they're trying to hide injuries Kyrie is is messing up the culture that the Nets created uh the the chemistry is not there this whole season's a disaster this was a failure i have five letters for you r e l a x yeah that's five letters I had to make sure real quick r e l a x relax I had to take a page out of aaron rodgers book real quick when we think back on this season in 4 or 5 years from now where we need to look at it under the microscope that it was a trial season that it didn't really mean much hear me out when we signed Kevin Durant this summer us as the Nets fan base and the Nets themselves signed up to play the long game we didn't sign up to win the chip this year because we all knew coming into this season coming into signing Kevin Durant the likelihood is that he is not playing this entire year. So when we went and signed KD and applauded it and cheered it and praised the Nets organization for being able to sign a player the caliber of KD, we signed up to play the long game because we knew that this season we weren't going to win the chip. We just weren't. So relax keep that in mind that same energy that you had when we signed KD knowing that this season we might not find much success remember that because the next season and the season after that when KD and Kyrie Hunter's not here so I'm going to go ahead and say that there's a second best duo in the league is facing LeBron and AD or Kawhi and PG in the finals and winning in two or three years from now when the Nets have a championship or two this season won't mean anything. So please just try and calm down. Relax with the hot takes about how the Nets are failures. Because in two or three years, it'll be nothing but success. So I just needed to say that real quick. Now, since we were already started on the high note, let's drop it down a little bit and go into the OKC loss because I was hated. And I think a lot of Nets fans were heated because we should have won this game. We had this game in the bag, the absolute bag, and there's no reason that we should have lost. But here we are, a 111 to 103 loss in overtime versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> How did we get here? Let's see. When we look at the box score, huh, Shy Gilgis Alexander. 22 points, 38 minutes, 8 of 18 shooting. 0 of 3 from the three-point line. He had four rebounds, two assists. He had four turnovers, so that's great. You look at Steven Adams. He had 10, 18, and 3, two steals. Huh, 10 and 18 to Steven Adams with 3 of 5 shooting. You allow 18 rebounds to anybody, and it's probably not going to be a great game. And then Chris Paul, 
37 minutes, 28 points on 9 of 15 shooting, 4 of 8 from the three-point line, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. And you look at Chris Paul's 28 points, and if you didn't watch this game, you'd probably think, oh, he was killing them the entire game if he had 28 points. You would be wrong. Because uh, coming into the fourth quarter, Chris Paul had a uh, measly 8 points. Which means he scored 20 of his 28 points in the fourth quarter and overtime to basically lock up this game for them. He does he does this a lot, to be honest. He just turns it on in the fourth quarter, and the Thunder just beat just beat people. I, I don't. They beat the Clippers a couple weeks ago, and he did the same thing. And so we just got destroyed by Chris Paul in. The most important quarters, when we look at Brooklyn's box score, it's a mess. Torian Prince, 21 points, 8 of 15 shooting, 5 of 10 from the three-point line, 8 rebounds. He played very, very well, which is good to see after he has been absolute garbage for the past two, three weeks. He must have heard our last podcast, and he was like, you know what, we're going to show these little kids something. And he did. He played well. Cool. We still lost, though, so got to do better next time. Jared Allen, 32 points. Oh, 32 minutes. I wish he had 32 points. 32 minutes, 12 points, 7 rebounds. So DeAndre Jordan had 10 rebounds, 8 points. He played 20 minutes. So combined, our centers had 17 rebounds in 42 minutes. Let me just go back. Steven Adams had 18 rebounds in 35 minutes. (laughs) So, I mean, when you're allowing the opposing center to out-rebound both of your centers, you're you're not going to win. You're just not going to win the game. And so then Joe Harris, old reliable, he's got to earn that that nickname because in 38 minutes, which is a team high, he put up 9 points on 3 of 12 shooting, 1 of 7 from the 3-point line, which is 14.3%, 6 rebounds, It wasn't a great game for him. He hasn't been able to string together back-to-back-to-back good games in a pretty long time. And then Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Let's start with the good news. Karis LeVert, an absolute monster. 22 minutes, 20 points, 7 of 16 from the field, 2 of 3 from the 3-point line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. He played very, very, very well. Very, very well. Gar- oh, I forgot Garrett Temple, our boy. Nah, not our boy. He only had 11 points on 4 of 10 shooting. It wasn't a bad game for him, to be honest. He played pretty decent. He played average. He didn't play hard. But then we go to Spencer Dinwiddie. 36 minutes, 14 points, 6 of 21 from the field, all of 6 from 3. He didn't convert a single jump shot. He took 21 field goals. Didn't make a single jump shot. He was 2 of 3 from the free throw line. That last free throw he missed just so happened to be the most important free throw of the game. He had 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and he had 5 personal fouls, which didn't really matter because he didn't foul out, so who cares. Now, when we look at the matchup, just like the team stats, the Nets shot 40.8% from the field, but the Thunder only shot 41.3%. Both teams shot identical from the three-point line. They both took 37 threes. They both made 11. That is 29.7%. Now, when it comes to free throws, the Thunder took 29, made 24. That's 82.8%. The Nets took 16, made 12. That's 75%. 
Nets lost a turnover battle, 17 to 15. They got, they actually won the rebound battle, 52 to 51, which you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think, because Stephen Adams out rebounded both of our starting centers, but not our starting centers, but both of our reliable centers, and we still managed to win the rebound battle, which is amazing. But then it's just so, it's like the Nets wanted to lose this game. Their defense for the last seven games has been great. They're like top 10 in defensive efficiency, defensive rating. They've been playing pretty good defense, above average defense, top half of the league defense over the seven game losing streak. But offensively, oh, offensively, they are horrible. Shooting threes recently. They are horrible just shooting field goals recently. Horrible shooting mid-range shots recently. Horrible shooting shots within the paint recently. They're horrible shooting from basically everywhere on the court. And so they uh, scored two points in overtime. Two. Two points in overtime to lose 111-103. Now, they had the ball with 11.7 seconds left in the fourth quarter, Spencer Dinwiddie gets fouled, or they get some sort of tech. I can't exactly remember, but Spencer Dinwiddie goes to the line to take one free throw. And if he makes it, they go up one with 11.7 left. There's no saying Chris Paul wouldn't have come down and iced the game, but hey, we would have had the lead with 11.7 left, which is more than we can say now. So Spencer Dinwiddie goes to the line, two of two from the free throw line on the night clanks the free throw okay whatever whatever we still have the ball with 11.7 seconds left inbounding it you think oh Kenny Atkinson's about to run some type of set off the inbound out of the timeout to uh you know get the Nets a good look but no 11.7 seconds which is a good amount of time to be honest you can run an offensive set in 11.7 seconds nope we inbound it to Spencer Dinwiddie. He is at about the hash on the right side with the ball in triple threat for about, let's say, seven seconds. So now we have about four seconds left. He drives, does a little crossover. He's at like the left wing now, attempts a nice little floater, pull up from mid range, brick. So you're telling me that the only thing that we could come up with out of the timeout is a Spencer Dinwiddie isolation when the man is already, what, 6 of 18 from the field at that point? That's the best thing we could come up with. See, things like that, where the Nets should should have kept, like, even if you miss an open shot, it's more, I can live with that. But what I cannot live with is drawing up absolutely nothing coming out of a timeout when you have time left. And I get putting the ball in Spencer Dinwiddie's hands, even though he isn't having the best shooting game. And if my nose sounds, or if my voice sounds a little nasally and congested, it's because I have a cold, like I said. So I understand giving Spencer Dinwiddie the ball to end the game because, you know, he's your best player. You put the ball in your best player's hands. Caris Levert's on his little minutes restriction, so he can't quite play. But there just has to be more offensive movement. When you look at the Nets on offense, they all just ball watch. They stay. They run a little five-out offense. 
Garrett Temple stands in the corner. Joe Harris stands on the wing. Spencer Dinwiddie has the ball. The center, whoever it might be, Jared Allen most of the time comes up, sets a screen, and we either do a little pocket bounce pass to Jared Allen, throw a lob to Jared Allen, or bring it back out, have Spencer Dinwiddie do 15 crossovers before taking an off-balance jump shot. That is not an offense. That is chaos. I don't know what. And and the Nets didn't run too many crazy sets last year either. But it was better than this. And maybe it's because D'Angelo Russell was a better pick-and-roll ball handler than Spencer Dinwiddie is. Maybe that was it. But if you know your personnel, you've got to develop some sort of offensive sets for them tailored to their play style. And I don't think that the Nets have done a great job doing that in these last seven games. Ever since Kyrie went out in November, this Nets offense has, has looked abysmal. And yes, they went on some a couple streaks. Went on a couple win streaks. And that's because Spencer Dinwiddie was carrying. And so when Spencer Dinwiddie can't carry, this is what happens to the Nets because he's gone cold for the last seven games. And I don't know why we're playing with him like he's Kyrie Irving. It's like the Nets drew up they spent this offseason drawing up all types of offensive play tailors. All, I can't even talk right now. All types of offensive plays tailored to Kyrie Irving. And so now that he's out, we're running them through Spencer Dinwiddie. And Spencer Dinwiddie isn't the kind of offensive player that Kyrie Irving is. Because Kyrie Irving is a special, special, once-in-a-lifetime type of talent. So there's that. We, bottom line, we need to come up with some type of offense. Because right now, we have nothing. Now, another controversial topic in this game is Karis LeVert sitting out in OT. Now, on Twitter, I was also saying that, well, our uh, team Twitter, run by me most of the time, was also saying that, why is Karis not in the game? And uh, I will say that the Nets made the right choice because it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. We all get caught up. We want to win that game. We're competitive as fans. We want to win that game. And putting Karis LeVert in the game gives us, gives us the best chance of doing so. So, of course, we want him in the game. But he's coming back from an injury that kept him out a month and a half. He's not 100% yet. The team doctors, which I do trust, and all Nets fans should trust because they haven't done us wrong. They gave Kenny Atkinson a minutes restriction. Probably 21 or 22, maybe even 20. And he had to abide by it because, like I said, we're playing the long game. What happens if we put Karis LeVert in for OT? He works his butt off and he comes down awkwardly on his leg. Or he gets his arm tangled going for a layup in traffic and he's out for another couple of months. Or he's out for the season. Something happens like that. And then we think to ourselves, was it really worth it to win a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder in January and risk one of your franchise players being out for the remainder of the season or just suffering a setback, something bad happening to him, period. It's not. So I understand keeping him out in OT. And I get. I also understand where a lot of Nets fans are coming from. Like, we just want to see a win. We, we just want to put a W in the column. For the last, for, for the new year. <laughs> like, that's all we want. But, like I said, going back to, we're playing the long game. And we just have to deal with this now. Because success is coming.
and the apology better be as loud as the disrespect that we're getting now when we're winning games and winning championships. And that's all I'm going to say about the OKC game. Now, moving on to KD and his Twitter rampage, his antics, one with Kendrick Perkins, one with the fans. Let's start with the fans. So Brandon Tierney of CBS Sports Radio, he decided to go out and tweet, Nets win seven straight, no one cares. And Nets lose seven straight, no one cares. Speaks volumes, which I want to go out and say is not true. That's absolutely not true because I don't know about you, but when the Nets are on this seven-game losing streak, all I'm hearing is the Nets don't know how to do. All I'm hearing is negativity. So if nobody cared, we'd be hearing nothing. Is that not correct? But we're definitely hearing that the Nets uh, can't handle superstars in their franchise and that Kyrie Irving is the death of the Nets. National media outlets are writing articles and doing segments on their debate shows about whether or not the Nets are are good or better or why they're on this losing streak or are they lying about Kyrie's injury. So that seems like people caring to me. So then KD responded, what does it say? Simple. What does it say? Some random fan, I'm not going to say his name on the uh, on the podcast because I'm not going to give him any clout. He said, no one gives an F. He didn't say the, the letter F. He said the word, the F-bomb. And then KD said, you give an F. That no one gives an F about the Nets. Therefore, you care, my guy. And that's true. That's true. People get, care so much about, mainly Knicks fans, care so much about letting it be known that the Knicks are the most storied franchise in the NBA and that people care about them more in, in despair than about the Nets in success. And let me be honest with you, if there's anything we don't care about, it's that. The Knicks are garbage. I don't think that I've watched a single Knicks game and I have lived in New York my entire life. So let me tell you from this New Yorker, I do not care. And the the Knicks are bad. They've been bad. I would rather watch a good Nets team, whether or not they have history or whether or not they're in the garden. I've been in the garden many times. It's overrated. And, and it, it is. Like, I would rather go to the Barclays. I'm sorry. No one cares about the, the Knicks. And if you care about the Knicks, you know. Think deep down that you only care about them because you feel like you need to. You feel like you're not a real New Yorker. If you're not a Knicks fan, and let me tell you something, you can be a Nets fan, my friend. You don't have to be locked in the purgatory, the absolute garbage dumpster that is the New York Knicks. Come on over to the Nets side, my man. And so then somebody said, Nets are relevant, KD. And KD said, being relevant in the eyes of fans doesn't make the ball go in the basket. So it really doesn't matter, but go ahead and claim something. And Yet again, my man KD, Kevin Durant, is speaking much facts because it truly doesn't. Because I'm pretty sure when the Nets win 50 games next season, when the Nets are in the Eastern Conference Finals, we're going to be pretty relevant. Because you know who's not going to be relevant? The teams that are not in the playoffs. The teams that the Nets eliminate. The teams that the Nets end their season, they won't be relevant. But you know who will be? The Nets, because they'll still be playing. And you know... um. The Bulls, people love the Bulls. They're a pretty popular franchise. Absolute garbage. So, like KD said, being relevant in the eyes of fans doesn't make the ball go in the basket because if it did, the Bulls would be a top five seed in the East, and they are most certainly not. So then, lastly, someone said, 
Nope. But it gives... Oh, no, no, no. He responded to KD saying be irrelevant in the eyes of fans doesn't make the ball go on the basket. And he said, nope, but it grows the business itself, which secures your popularity and bag in the future. Don't you want to have a bird magic type of rivalry in today's NBA? Takes relevance. To which KD said, you're going to watch anyway. Doesn't matter. Which is yet again, very true. Because I'm pretty sure that if KD was facing LeBron's Lakers in the NBA Finals, the same takes and the same debates going on about who's the best player, KD or LeBron, the rivalry between KD and LeBron when he was on the Thunder or the Warriors would still be happening while he's on the Nets. So whatever rivalry you think, Mr. That isn't being created would most certainly be created if KD was playing. I'm pretty sure regard, like disregard the finals, even if KD was playing right now against the Lakers in two weeks, the KD-LeBron rivalry would be in full effect. So that is irrelevant. And then Mr. Kendrick Perkins, the garbage bag of garbage bags himself, wanted to uh, chime in. And uh, with the most foolish of takes that, that, that I have seen in a very long time, he just wants some popularity off of KD. He went out and said, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to give my opinion on SportsCenter on why I believe that Russell Westbrook is the best player to have ever put on an OKC Thunder jersey. He is Mr. Thunder. Um, Okay, one, nobody cares that you're going on SportsCenter in 30 minutes, Kendrick Perkins. Sorry to break it to you, my man. Two, I would say that Russell Westbrook is Mr. Thunder. He's definitely Mr. Thunder. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. But there's a difference between being Mr. Thunder and being the best player to ever have put on an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. So then he was going back and forth with like a couple of of like beat writers or something like that. And then KD chimed in. Kendrick Perkins responded to Mark D'Amico and said, KD lost in the second round without Russ when I was there. So what does that mean? And KD finally chimed in and said, yeah, and our starting center at Kendrick Perkins averaged a whopping two and three during that series. You played hard, though, champ. And then K- Kendrick Perkins got in his bag. He got angry. He got a little emotional. He said, boy, stop. You did the weakest move in NBA history with three exclamation points up on a team 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals. Then go join them the following season. Heart of a champion. We've heard it all before. We've heard it all before. And then KD responded, week is starting at center, playing real minutes with no production. Should have worked on your skills as much as I did. Now, <laughs> I, I want to talk about whether or not Russell Westbrook is the best player to ever have put on an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. I don't think Kendrick Perkins knows the difference between being the best player to ever put on a jersey and being the having the best career in a jersey for a franchise. Now, Kevin Durant is, without a doubt, the best player to ever put on an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey he would be the best player to put on a jersey on most franchises in the NBA except for maybe the Bulls the Lakers teams like that the Celtics teams like that he's probably the best player to ever put on an Golden State Warriors jersey does that mean that he has the best Golden State Warrior career no, because that would go to Stephen Curry. But is Stephen Curry a better player than Kevin Durant? No, which would mean that Kevin Durant is the best player to ever put on a Golden State Warriors jersey. The same goes for Oklahoma City Thunder and Kevin Durant. Is Kevin Durant the best player to ever put on an OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder jersey? Yes. 
Does he have the best Oklahoma City Thunder career? No, that would go to Russell Westbrook, which is why he is Mr. Thunder. Now, a little background. Kendrick Perkins. The Thunder, they, Russ was drafted by the Sonics in 2008. KD was drafted by the Sonics in 2007. The Sonics moved to Oklahoma City Thunder six days after Russ was drafted, which means he never played. A, a, like, he didn't really play for the Sonics. Sure, he may have played like a couple of preseason games or had a, a Sonics alternate jersey, but he didn't really play for the Sonics. So when we look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, like all-time records and achievements and accomplishments for just the franchise of the Oklahoma City Thunder, so that means we're not taking into account the careers of Gary Payton, Hersey Hawkins, Sean Kemp, Ray Allen, guys like that. Just Oklahoma City Thunder players. So from 2008 to now, Russell Westbrook, has the most points scored. KD second. Whatever. Russell Westbrook has the most minutes played. Russell Westbrook has the most rebounds. Russell Westbrook has the most assists. Russell Westbrook has the most steals. Russell Westbrook is, what, sixth in blocks? He is second in three-pointers made. He has uh, the f- most points scored in a single game, 58. I, which is crazy because... I really didn't know that Kevin Durant's career high was only 54. You'd think it'd be much, much higher, but it's not. It's 54. So, in thinking all that, he has an MVP for the Thunder. He has two All-NBA first teams. He has one, two, three, four, five All-NBA second teams, one All-NBA third team, an All-Rookie first team. He has the Community Assist Award. He, he, the NBA assist leader for two straight years, a scoring champion from 2014 and 2015 and 2016 and 2017. He's amassed the best career as a Thunder player, yes. But in no realm, in no single way, is he the best player to ever put on a Oklahoma City Thunder jersey because that would be Kevin Durant. Just like he's the best player to ever put on a, a Golden State Warriors jersey. He's the best player to ever put on a Nets jersey. He's the best. He's probably a top 20 player in the entire history of the NBA. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer by the age of 27 years old. He is just that nice. So Kendrick Perkins, you have absolutely no career. No, no career. You have absolutely no career. That too. But you have no idea what you're talking about. And now to the big news. KD and Kyrie coming back. But before we get into that. Let me just give a shout out to uh, my bookie, who we are now sponsored by. And my bookie is basically it's a betting website. Um, and Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the Super Bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Maybe you're a Seahawks fan. You think Russ can beat the Packers this this Sunday? I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the Super Bowl, MyBookie is where you want to go. And if you're not a football fan, that's fine. No worries. MyBookie has got it all from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you've got a couple of big bets this week. Parlay wages help you get multiple games together, bet them, and if they all come through, you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the players than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, 
this very second, <laughs> my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. And who does not like free money? So if you put in 500 you get an extra 250 Put in 750 you'll get an extra whatever half of 750 is because I'm not very good at math. All you have to do is use our promo code NETS NETS to activate the offer. Once again, that's NETS NETS to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, and go get paid. And now, let's talk about KD and Kyrie coming back. Now, we'll start with KD. Kenny Atkinson came out and said that he's progressing fantastically. Able to do individual workouts on the court now. He's working with both his rehab team, his own personal rehab team, and the well-respected Nets rehab team. So, he's going to get back on his feet in no time. Now, since the beginning of the season, the Nets have had a very clear vernacular when it comes to KD. They said... Don't expect him to play. And even now, KD, and when talking about whether or not KD's coming back, he said, I don't think there's been any thought there. I don't think, don't expect KD to come back. I don't think there's been any thoughts there. Never completely taking away the hope from the Nets fans that he might suit up this season because I still think that he himself has hopes that he will too. And so I know last episode we said, keep Kyrie out. Keep Kyrie out because what's the point? This whole episode, I've been saying we're playing the long game. And we are. I completely believe that. But if you're telling me that the Nets are the 8th seed or the 7th seed come playoff time and KD is 100% healthy, he's fine. I say bring him back. And that's only, and only, that's if and only if Kyrie Irving is also 100% healthy. Now, if you're telling me KD 75%, don't do what the Warriors did. And as a fan base, listen to me, Nets fans, do not do what the Warriors did that put us in this predicament to begin with. Do not rush him back to play in the playoffs when he is not 100%. Now, I know Warriors fans were rushing him back to play in the finals. But that ultimately ended up making the man tear his Achilles. So let's not do that. The only way I'm fine with bringing Kevin Durant back is if the Nets are in the playoffs. Kyrie Irving is 100% healthy. And we can say Nets medical staff, Nets trainers look at KD and say, yeah. Yes, Slim Reaper, you're good to go. You're 100% healthy. Because when you're putting out KD and Kyrie and having a top three duo in the NBA, they can probably beat most teams in the East. I think that they'd be better than the Sixers. They'd be better than the Heat. They'd be better than the Pacers. They'd be better than the Celtics. And then we have the Bucks, who solely run on Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I'm sorry, but Kevin Durant's better than Giannis. And Kyrie's better than whoever their second best player is, Chris Middleton. So I'm going to say that we have a a pretty good chance there. And we can catch lightning in a bottle and win the chip if we have KD and Kyrie. And if that happens, then the NBA should be very, very, very afraid. Because there's no saying we can't go on a three-peat of our own. If we can win this season... But let me not even get ahead of ourselves. Do I think KD will play this season? Uh, I think that... 
I think that he he will. I think that he might. I, 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 I don't know. To be completely honest, I don't know. But if I had to put some money on it, <laughs> I'd say that he'd play. Because I think the Nets are not going to be this bad. I don't think this seven-game win streak, this seven-game losing streak is going to continue for very long. Even though it very well might, because their schedule the next couple games is very, very, very difficult. I think they might be able to squeak out with one, especially if Kyrie comes back in a week, which we'll get to in a second. But if the Nets are the seventh or eighth seed, if there's a seventh seed, particularly, I think KD will play, because I think they'll have more confidence of beating the second seed Celtics or the Sixers than they will in taking the Bucks out in the first round. And so this gives us something to get hype about as Nets fans because they have never said, yeah, he's not coming back this season. It's always been don't expect or don't think or just not trying to raise our hopes so that if he doesn't come back, we're heartbroken. And I don't want to get your hopes up now, but I'd say there's a pretty good shot he comes back if we can make the playoffs and be the seventh seed. Now, moving on to Kyrie. He had his weird little press conference in which he announced that, you know, he's taking these cortisone shots for his shoulder impingement. And if they don't seem to work, then he's going to have to have surgery that would keep him out three to four months and likely end the season. He was saying back then, which was like three days ago, that he couldn't even raise his hand or raise his arm to shoot a jumper. And now he's participating in 5v5 full contact practices on Thursday. And he's seen, it seems that the cortisone shot seems to be working. He even said that his hopes are to return in the next week, maybe even sooner. Now, no Nets medical staff has come out and corroborated these claims, but if Kyrie's saying it, he's got to be getting it from somewhere. And that somewhere would probably be the Nets medical staff. Now, if Kyrie comes back in a week, the Nets are about to have probably their toughest stretch of the season, we play the Sixers twice, the Bucks, the Lakers. The Hawks are probably our easiest game there, without a doubt. They're the easiest game on anyone's schedule because they're the worst team in the league. They're the easiest game on our schedule in the next eight games. And we're probably going to beat them, especially if we have Kyrie. But if Kyrie can come back for this stretch, the Nets can get into that seventh seed hopefully stay in that seventh seed. He'll get the all-star break. He'll probably play in the all-star game, but not a ton of minutes. And we can start working towards a real playoff push here. And I know it seems like we're flip-flopping, but if Kyrie is 100% healthy, there's no reason not to bring him back. Last episode, we were saying, if the cortisone shot makes him 75% healthy, don't bring him back because what's the point? What what what's the what's the point? But if this cortisone shot, so the expectation is what I what I'm thinking is that the cortisone shot is supposed to be a holdover until the season ends, and then he'll presumably get the surgery in the off season so that he'll be better when the season starts in September October. Now, if he's 100 percent healthy, bring him back. It's as simple as that. If this cortisone shot is doing wonders like that, then then there's no reason why he shouldn't be back. I just I just don't know if he'll be 100% healthy. And I don't think he knows either. I don't think the Nets training staff knows either. But we have to play it by ear. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with this news. Although we're on a seven-game losing streak, 
the Nets came out and gave us good news about KD, good news about Kyrie. We got to embarrass Kendrick Perkins. We did lose to OKC, but we got a matchup against the Hawks coming up in like two or three games, which we should win, so that should cheer us up. <laughs> and please just remember, we're playing the long game. And the success will come, but things might get worse before they get better. Just keep that in mind. And with that, I'm going to end this episode. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Hoopball Nets podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Nets. Interact with us. We love your interactions. Tweet at us. Ask us questions. Give us criticism. Constructive criticism, obviously. Nothing disrespectful. And uh, we'll obviously answer back. You can follow us individually. I'm at Najee Adams underscore Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR. The, our, the links to our Twitters are in the little description of the podcast. So just go down there and click that. Follow us and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets or Hootball Nets. Either one, we come up. Leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. And I know you want to hear your little at name on iTunes. So leave a review. And, uh, yeah, once again, shout out to Wine Now's Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hootball podcast. Shout out to MyBookieAG. Use promo code NETS to get half back your deposit when you deposit at least up to $1,000. And, uh, yeah. Oh, let me let me end with our little name game. Uh, the letter for this week is going to be, I'm looking around my room to find a letter. It's going to be N for Najee. And the player that I choose whose name starts with an N is, we're going to go with Nando DeColo. Couldn't think of anyone else. Um, I'm still trying to think of someone else, but I can't. I don't know. Whose player starts with an N? Uh, Nicholas Claxton. Boom! Nicholas Claxton. That's who we're going to go with. <laughs> and with that, we're going to end the episode. We'll see you all next time. See you all on Tuesday. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.